0: Um, if I can get you guys to kind of shift a little bit this way so that you're sort of in the middle of it and then just kind of like rotate around. So the, like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here I think go. that that's, yeah, okay. I think that that'll be so, so cool. here. So when time you break into song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this sure. can stay where it is. <laughs> I <know. laughs> It's going to be my debut. <laughs> Chesterfield's got talent. Right? <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Abstract, the podcast of the Metropolitan Educational Research Consortium in the School of Education at Virginia Commonwealth University where we explore issues and ideas in public PK-12 education. My name is David Naff. I'm the Assistant Director of Research and Evaluation for Merck and your host for this episode. Today, we are continuing our Profiles in Educational Equity series, where we feature an initiative from each of the Merck school divisions to promote equity for students and educators in metropolitan Richmond. Uh, We're excited today to have Laura Falcon, Michelle Wilder, Sharonda Smith, Merv Dartry, and Isabel Battle with us from Chesterfield County Public Schools. Uh, They're here to talk today about how their alternative programs help to advance educational equity for students across the division. Let me introduce you to everyone now. Uh, First we have Michelle Wilder. Michelle is the assistant principal at Carver College and Career Academy. She has over 30 years of experience in Chesterfield County Public Schools as a classroom teacher, professional school counselor, and high school administrator. Um, In addition to serving as an administrator at Carver, she is also the administrator of Connections Academy, which is an alternative evening program for students who've been given long-term suspension or exclusion from day school programs due to pending criminal charges. Michelle, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad to
0: have you here. Uh, We have Sharonda Smith. Sharonda is an English teacher at Academy 360. She has 17 years of experience in education as a parent coordinator, enrollment associate, administrative assistant in higher education, and an English teacher. Her previous ex- uh, teaching experience in Chesterfield includes two alternative programs, Academy 360 and Chesterfield Detention Center. As a teacher, she says her greatest inspiration is moving students to read a book for the first time when he or she had no desire to attend school before. We are so glad that you're here, Sharonda.
2: Glad you're having me. Yeah. Uh,
0: Laura Falcon is the assistant principal of alternative programs in Chesterfield County Public Schools. Uh, she taught secondary art for 10 years in Fairfax County and Chesterfield County before moving into administration. She has served as a school-based leader for Chesterfield for 10 years. She received her Bachelor of Fine Arts and Master of Interdisciplinary Studies from VCU, go Rams, uh, and wrote her graduate thesis on cultural identity. She also received her education specialist degree from the George Washington University. As a leader of Chesterfield County's Academy 360 program, she and her team provide an opportunity for 60 overage middle school students to earn six high school credits and return to their correct grade. Um, she has been presenting on topics related to cultural diversity and competency on behalf of the county since 2012, and has worked with new and veteran teachers um, and staff administrators and bus drivers to leverage capacity and understanding for the changing population in the division. She has served as the, as the chair of the uh, CCPS Equity Committee, providing access to high higher level coursework and special programs. She also serves on our Merck Professional Development for Success in Culturally Diverse Schools study team and is a veteran of this podcast. Laura, I see you all the time.
3: Well, I'm glad to be here. Yeah,
0: welcome back. Thank you back. for having me. Yeah, um, Dr. Merv Daughtry is, uh, has served as the superintendent for Chesterfield County Public Schools since November of 2018. Prior to coming to Chesterfield, he was the superintendent of Delaware's largest and highest achieving school district, where he won the 2015-16 Superintendent of the Year for the State. He was formerly the chief executive officer for Red Clay Consolidated School District, and prior to that, he was a middle school principal, director of professional development, and assistant superintendent for academics. Uh, He has built and sustained community partnerships with the Latin American Community Center, the Hilltop Lutheran Center, Children and Families First, and the Nemours Foundation to offer uh, additional resources for schools. He was president of the Delaware Schools Chiefs Officers Association in 2013, was selected as a 2013 Catalyst for Change for the State of Delaware, and received the 2014 JAG National Educational Leadership Award from Jobs for Delaware Graduates. Uh, He earned his undergraduate degree in education from Frostburg State University, his master's in administration and supervision from Salisbury University and his doctorate in leadership and education from Wilmington University in 2007. He and his wife, Kim, have two children and three grandchildren. Dr. Doherty, we're so glad you're here.
4: Glad to be here. Thank you.
0: And then finally, we have Isabel Battle. Uh, Isabel is a graduate of the class of 2019 for Academy 360 and will be attending Thomas Dale High School in the fall. She was in the honors program in the academy, and she wants to be a marine biologist after high school. Isabel, welcome. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Um, okay, let's get into this conversation. I'm eager to hear about alternative programs in your division. So, Dr. Dougherty, uh start us off by telling us more about Chesterfield County Public Schools. What do we need to know about students and educators in your division? Well, we only have an hour. Correct? <laughs> Bring it on.
4: Well, I think um, one is, you know, we're the fourth largest in in the Commonwealth, uh, over 61,000 students, over almost 8,500 employees. I think uh, what people don't understand is that uh, we are a very diverse community now, and we have changed over the years. I think over the last 10 years, you'll see a drastic change in our our student population um, to the point where uh, we have more students in free and reduced lunch right now than the city of Richmond has total students. Mm and so uh, having programs that we're going to talk about today are essential to what we're going to do to meet not only our strategic plan but more importantly meet the needs of the students that are coming to us mm-hmm. and sometimes people feel when they hear that we're an alternative program they have a negative approach mm-hmm. where you want to have a positive approach because the point is try to stop every child uh... from dropping out or failing mm-hmm. and being successful mm-hmm. our goal is you go through thirteen years with us i get to shake your hand at graduation and you're going to be successful in your, your college opportunity, if it's military or career. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we tell everybody, our goal is for everyone to graduate to get a job, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's important. And uh, I think uh, how society looks at t- different programs are just uh, a perception and not a reality. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited for us to be here today to share the positive points of what happened with alternative programming, because uh, uh, not only having a diverse population, but having a population that has great need uh... will help students and we are the the, the lighthouse to hope for students mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if we are here to support and serve our students then we must think of every avenue and that that most of the time has us thinking outside the box to make sure our students are successful
0: yeah and what are some of the the challenges and opportunities associated with leading a, a division that's that large and diverse
4: really uh, what we've tried to since my first ten months is improve a great deal of the communication uh, I don't let people use the excuse we're too large mm-hmm. uh, let's be systemic and uh, let's make sure we're all speaking the same language and that we understand the goals that we're trying to reach mm-hmm. you know with our district we have two major goals one is the academic side uh, I think uh, number two our goal number two which is extremely important is the the overall child and uh, we have to realize that we have to deal with uh, uh, physical and mental health we're dealing with uh, uh, from feeding our children, to helping them get glasses, to hearing aids, to making sure that they feel safe and secure in our schools, to make sure that we have the appropriate counseling that's there. Uh, and there are a lot of things that go on in our society that we have to make sure that we never we deal with in order for our children to excel in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And I believe if you are successful in goal two, goal one is going to get there and going to be very successful. And, you know, with us... Uh, you know, everybody wants to look at the SOLs and everything mm-hmm. else that goes on there. But it's nice to know that, you know, we we again are going to be fully accredited in our in all of our schools, mm-hmm. and that's a credit to the the teachers in the classroom, and the administrators in the building. And I mm-hmm. tell people the district office is there to support you, and uh, we have some unbelievable teachers mm-hmm. and, and administrators that. Uh, go beyond the school day. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think Chesterfield uh, is different than a lot of school districts, not only in Virginia, but in the country, that we have people that will spend hours and hours beyond the day working with children and making sure that uh, they're prepared every day to to meet the needs.
0: Right. There are incredible people working Mm -hmm. in Chesterfield, and a lot of them are on our study teams have been on our podcast. We love working with Chesterfield. We have several of them in the room here with us today. Um, Laura, let's start with you. Can you give us a definition of alternative programs as it relates to your work with students in Chesterfield?
3: Sure. Um, What we do is we believe in providing non-traditional learning experiences for students who need a different placement rather than a comprehensive setting. Um, Historically, there have been some changes in Chesterfield County. Whenever I first came in 2005, there was Community High School, which was a standalone building for any high school age student who needed a different placement. Uh, Over the years, that's changed a little bit. And as Dr. Doherty said, we have to adapt and evolve with the changing needs. Uh, Currently, we have several programs um, that are classified as alternative. I'm the administrator for Academy 360, which is a program for overage middle school students who have been retained at least once, and who are at least 14. Mm -hmm. And it's a year-long program uh, for students to earn six high school credits, and they can transition back to their high school and be at the same age with their peers. Mm -hmm. In addition, we have GED, that has been the longest standing program, We have the Phoenix Center, which includes three components. One of them is remediation for students who are reading below grade level. Then we have an online high school for students to do edgenuity modules. Uh, there are two teachers in the room to provide um, coaching, you know, to check in with students and just make sure that their social emotional needs are being met. Mm-hmm. We also have credit recovery at Phoenix, and the, the ideal student there needs just five credits to graduate. Perhaps they've dropped out and they need to come back, and this is a way to re-engage them in a very uh, time-sensitive approach. They can move as fast as they want through the, through the credit recovery. Mm-hmm. We also have night school which is for any high school student across the county it is held at Carver College and Career Academy Mm -hmm. but It's run on a four by four, so at any time there's 250, 300 students taking advantage of these night classes. Hmm. And then we have the Connections Academy, as Ms. Wilder is responsible. Those are for students who have been placed um, due to disciplinary reasons through the Office of Student Conduct. Mm -hmm. So we have a range of options. Um, We believe that we need to provide every opportunity for students to be successful, Mm -hmm. regardless of that setting.
0: Yeah, why do you think it's so important to have that amount of variety and alternative Mm -hmm. programs for your division?
3: I definitely think it's important uh, because in the 10 years I've been a school administrator, I have been at large comprehensive high schools, and I feel that my best skill set is working with students who are underrepresented or who need additional support. And even within our, our large division, in our large high schools, there are many students who aren't getting the support that they need, whether it's the social emotional support, whether it's wraparound services. Maybe they've been exposed to a great deal of trauma mm-hmm. in their life. Sometimes they just don't fit mm-hmm. in whatever school may be. And it's nothing against the school. But we as a division have to support those individual students and get them those college and career readiness skills, provide the transition, um, encouraging self-advocacy. And that's one of the things that we stress in Academy 360 so yeah. the students can be successful in their next placement.
0: Right. And you you touched on this, but can you talk a little bit more about just the, the range of students that you're serving through these programs? Who are your students that, are, that you're working with?
3: Sure. Um, th- that is sort of a mouthful. Um, <laughs> currently, we don't have elementary age students mm-hmm. in traditional alternative programs with the exception of homebound. Mm-hmm. And students who are placed in homebound, it could be for medical reasons, it could be for their, um, if they have special needs. But for us, right now, what we have in Chesterfield is a seventh grade through 12th grade mm-hmm. alternative program. So we have, as I said, those variety of different programs. I know we there's a need, probably for K through 12. At this point, we just don't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Dr. Doherty is a huge proponent of alternative programs, and I know he has great ideas to bring to us. Uh, We're a very supportive place, who are open to new ideas, because all of us put students first, regardless of what their needs are. There isn't a single student I've encountered that hasn't experienced something significant in their life that's made them behind, and they need to feel supported, and those relationships have got to be the first
0: thing. Right, yeah. We did a whole podcast series on the importance of relationships mm-hmm. last summer for that very mm-hmm. reason. It seems like there's a lot of investment in alternative education in the uh, in the division. So, Michelle, can you talk a little bit about what we know about the importance of providing alternative programs? for students? Well,
1: I can tell you for the students that we serve uh, at Connections Academy, they are there um, placed by student conduct. They can be there for um, a grading period, you know, nine weeks, semester, or a year. But the thing about it, um, when kids are able to go back to their home schools they don't want to. Hmm. A lot of kids will ask, can I stay in this program? Hmm. Um, I'm more focused, I love the individualized attention Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes for my older kids, they like coming to school in the evening. Hmm. Uh, Some of them work during the day, Uh, some because they have to, Hmm. but they do appreciate the, you know, the smaller class environments and when it comes down to uh, their grades, Hmm. they are excited, you know, they are more focused You know, they're doing better academically. Um, So I think there is a great need and I think uh, students really do appreciate when they have the smaller settings and are able to do better.
0: Yeah. And can you talk a little Mm -hmm. bit more about the work that you do at Carver College and Career Academy?
1: Well, I am starting Carver College and Career Academy. Hey, what are you going to be doing at Carver? (laughs) (laughs) So we are hoping just to build that program Mm -hmm. and again to help students who Um, again they need that more Mm -hmm. one-on-one smaller school um, a lot of our kids they kind of get lost uh, in a comprehensive high school. So we're just going to, again, just help them academically in whatever way we can.
0: Right, and Michelle, mm-hmm. you've been um, you've been doing this for 30 years <coughs> in a variety yes. of different roles. Yes. What yes. What's compelled <laughs> you to work in alternative programs specifically? Um, I think,
1: um, as Laura said, uh, we work together at Cosby and I think we both have a passion for uh, working with students who are at risk uh, some of them who kind of just get lost in the crowd Mm -hmm. um so i think we both have the same passion for just helping you know those types of students and i have a counseling background too so Mm -hmm. that's that's my passion also um, helping students not just academically uh, emotionally um, and again just some students They just need that more Mm -hmm, mm one-on-one. And if I could just add to that,
3: um, as Michelle and I were colleagues, there have been times where we have gone above and beyond for any student whenever they need it. We fully believe in equity. There have been times when I've delivered food to people's houses, Mm -hmm. where we've (laughs) um, provided special programs for families in the evenings, because we know that school needs to be a safe place for all of our kids. And sometimes family isn't safe for kids. Right. So when they come there, they see that it's not about us ever. It's just about us providing a safe space for students to feel comfortable, to take risks, um, to ask questions. You know, sometimes it's to vent. So she does have the counseling background. A lot of administrators and alternative programs wear many hats at different times. Yeah. And <clears throat> we just have to put on whatever one is appropriate for yeah. that moment.
0: Yeah. And from your observations for both of you, um, what have you seen as being the impact of these programs on the students that are in them?
1: they feel that they can be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas before they may not have been, you know, thinking about going to college, mm-hmm. you know, and they see that how well they can do, um, just putting forth an effort and having someone be their cheerleader, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, um, and they think about, okay, wow, I can really go to college. I can be a marine biologist, you know, the, I can do anything that i really put my mind to.
0: Yeah. So. For mm-hmm. sure, um, but when when I was a, I fully agree. When I was a school counselor, it was the same thing for mm-hmm. our students who were in these kinds of programs, having a problems. pathway. Yeah, having yeah. a pathway mm-hmm. for graduation. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. You have to continue to have hope, and that's such a motivating mm-hmm. factor for sure. Sharon, um, I'm really curious about what your experience has been at um, Academy 360. Can you tell us about the academy? What are the goals for the program, um, and who do you serve there?
2: Academy 360 is an alternative program. I started in October. Mm. I would say it was very interesting because this is a program with overage students who are in the eighth grade trying to receive six credits. So we have a matrix that we call REAL, respect, effort, academics, and leadership. Mm -hmm. So every day this is something that we reinforce for the program. And I would say attendance plays a big role as well because if you're not there, then you can't earn the credits. So it's a program that I would say it's a different day every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the students come in, you don't even know what has gone on before they even get off the school bus. Mm-hmm. It's a program that we need in the county. Mm-hmm. It's a program that parents may not be aware of what their, 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 their child is even experiencing in the setting. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever has gone on at the high school, can filter into the mm-hmm. Academy 360 program. Mm-hmm. You asked me about the goals, mm-hmm. which I which I mentioned, the Matrix, and and pretty much with the Matrix, I, I, I share with you the attendance. So to piggyback off of that, who who we serve, mm-hmm. we serve the students. These are students who are trying to receive the six credits. My success, I would have to say, and I'll get Laura to add to that, as far as the students coming there, everybody's on a different reading level. We've got ELs and we had the opportunity that Laura recommended us to read Angie Thomas's The Hate You Give. And mm-hmm. this, this is a big novel for today's society. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're dealing with everyday issues, family problems, and this allowed students an opportunity to think of their own childhood experience. Mm-hmm. So when you have students who choose not to read or don't want or have a desire to read, this was an actual text that mm-hmm. got the students involved. And I'll say too, I think this is the first year that Chesapeake County had the PBA, which is the Performance Based Assessment. Mm-hmm. Out of 60, I would say we have about 60, 62 students. Out of those students, I would say 50 wrote on the Hate You Get. Mm -hmm. So that was something that they could relate to.
3: And and what I'll just add to that, what's so great about Mrs. Smith and our other teachers, is that they are comfortable and supported in their role. I trust them to be professionals. Mm -hmm. But what is so important about that is that our teachers are aware of the culturally responsive pedagogy. Mm -hmm. They understand that incorporating students' lives matter in our classroom. Every single student has a different experience. And if you're choosing contemporary texts where kids can relate, then they're more likely to be invested. And that's why most of them chose that text for their performance-based assessment.
0: Right, and Ms. Smith, you've you've worked in traditional school settings as well as alternative programs. I'm wondering what the the similarities and differences are, you think, for how you approach teaching um, in both settings.
2: I will say in the late 90s, I was in Cumberland County High School Hmm. and we had the four by four schedule and you would have students who, I guess, homes were in a situation where they needed that extra care, which the district had to provide. Mm -hmm. And I I see the same thing in Chesterfield County. You know, I came to Chesterfield County and worked at the detention center where I I assisted students from third grade to 12th grade. Mm -hmm. I had students who were actually, even though they were detained, they still needed to report to class. And mm-hmm. I had students who had no desire to attend class, but they came to my class because, I mean, you can choose, hey, I'm going to go to English, but I'm not going to go to math. I want to mm-hmm. go on lockdown. <clears throat> they would choose to come to my class and had a desire to read. Mm-hmm. I had students who had never read a book that actually read a book in the detention center.
0: Mm-hmm. What does that feel like?
2: It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. I mean, I, I even had students who were willing to get in front of the class. And now the detention center, we would have music, they mm-hmm. would get up and actually sing. Mm-hmm. And at Academy 360, we had all presentations where they could actually get up and recite a poem. Mm-hmm. And, and I had it, had it where they could even recite it just in front of me or in front of the class. Mm-hmm. And the motivation, you could see the motivation just to hear their voices trying to, you know, be ready to to present to me. It it was a great experience and I'm sure Isabel can relate to that. <laughs> but just the just being able to Present in front of the class. I mean, we did the oral presentations. Whether mm-hmm. you were baking cookies, were mm-hmm. you demonstrating how to dribble a basketball? It mm-hmm. it really helped the students
0: be themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, we have a real life Academy 360 student in the room, um, Isabel. I'm really eager to hear about what your experience <laughs> has been like at the school. What what was it like to be a, a student at Academy 360?
5: It was a good exp- um, experience. It helped us realize that we have support there. Like, we don't just have it with our parents and family. We have it with teachers that are helping us set a goal and accomplish our goals.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering, uh, what what were your expectations going into the school? What did you think it would be like?
5: I was thinking it's just going to be like a regular school. Like, so many teachers focus on different people, and, like, they pick to focus for different people and, like, leave other people out. But Academy 360, they all participated for each help for each student.
0: Yeah. What was it like being in class at Academy three sixty?
5: I enjoyed it because it was small and like everybody got a chance to ask questions, talk and
0: Yeah. Why do you think it's important to have a smaller class?
5: It's easier for us to focus more mm-hmm. so there's not a lot of distractions. And it's um it helps us have a better relationship with the teacher. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and you're going to Thomas Dale next year, right? Yes. Do you do you think any differently about school after going to Academy 360?
5: I would like to stay at Academy 360, just because I like the teachers there and the smaller classes. Mm-hmm. And I think I work better with smaller classes than big classes.
0: How do you feel like you're different after going to Academy 360?
5: It showed me that I will have to speak up now, so I have like. I'm more, I'm not insecure no insecure anymore, was insecure, insecure oh, yeah. anymore. <laughs> so now I now learned that I can always go to a teacher and ask a question without mm-hmm. being nervous. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. and what would you say to a student who's getting ready to go to Academy 360 who might not know what it's like, who might be a little nervous?
5: Don't be nervous. It's actually really easy when you're there because, like I said, small classes, the teachers are really focused on you. Like there to help you, they ha- they like really participate with us.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's, they put um, effort in. Yeah, and that's really clear from the people in this room and what they've talked about. And I know that this is just um, one of several examples of things that are happening in Chesterfield more broadly. So, Doctor Doherty, will you talk a little bit about how this initiative fits into your broader strategic plan for <coughs> sure. Chesterfield County?
4: Just If I can, just what they were talking about three hundred and sixty, and what people need to understand who are listening. We all go through life. And there are times that we stumble, and there are times that we need to help people help us pick us up. And I think this is a great opportunity to look at, okay, uh, I may be overaged, I may be under credit, but I can still get to my goal to graduate from high school and move on. And we have to remember that with such a diverse population and diverse grouping of students, we have students that need additional help. And need smaller classes, and need to we need to help pull them to the finish line. Sometimes to let them see that there's light in the tunnel. Our our responsibility is to clear the obstacles so they can see that light. Yeah. And uh, if we if we just stay traditional, then students drop out. Mm-hmm. And our goal is if you're gonna Dave, if you decide to drop out of school, we got to convince you to come back in another format. Mm-hmm. We just leave you out there, then. Shame on us, but also what what benefits are we are you gonna have for society, right? But if we can pull you back in in one of our programs and help young people who are in especially like in middle school, you're a age, uh, undercredit middle school You have a 40% chance of not getting out of ninth grade mm-hmm. and, and dropping out of school mm-hmm. so if we know that then we should do all we can to Not only provide it, but to increase it to where we have the need and make sure that we Are meeting all the needs of the students, and someone says, "Well, you're sixty-one over sixty-one thousand students." Don't use size as an excuse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's sixty-one thousand individual students, Mm -hmm. and uh, I think this meets right in our goal. One, we want you to be academically successful in our strategic plan, and we can't do that if you're not in school. Mm -hmm. So we got to, in some way, in one of the facets that we have, and you know, I I remember uh, a time ago where we thought of students dropping out and we had students tell us they didn't have to get back. Mm-hmm. What well, they dropped out and six months later, they mm-hmm. said, Hmm, mm-hmm. maybe I made a mistake. <laughs> and so that's why we we're calling everybody. Yeah. Hey, you know, don't think about this as the end of the road. You made a detour. We've all mm-hmm. done that. Mm-hmm. And some live, stay with us longer than others, yeah. but to pr- bring them back in. And it's amazing when there's the light comes on mm. and, um, those opportunities and then when you're looking at our plan, so we're looking strong academically how do we get you to that success of proficiency but then how do we meet the other needs that you have mm-hmm. and how do we encourage you and we have a lot of students that we are the encouragers and we need mm-hmm. to be the encouragers yeah society's uh, not a friendly place mm-hmm. and so they need to know that there's a teacher in the building that uh, where they are that's going to support them and to the good and the bad mm-hmm. because we all need that person to Pat us on the back sometimes then also straighten us up to where we need to make sure we get to the end of the goal. And that's the credit of the programs that we have.
0: Sure. Yeah. And it makes students feel like they're at home whenever they're in the division, that they belong there and that they're missed whenever they're gone. When you
4: see the the statistics over the last, at least five years and probably 10 of why students do not want to score, they drop out. The number one is always they don't care from there. Mm -hmm. So let's, Mm -hmm. if we know what the data says, then let's make sure that's not the reason for Chesterfield County students. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think we keep growing because I think parents believe that, uh, we care about their children. Yeah. And as long as we're caring about your child, we're going to be in the right direction.
3: I I definitely agree with what you said. One of the the big priorities for the individual programs and alternative is to make that positive family communication from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I know Michelle does it when students are placed with her, so she takes her time, has that positive connection with the families. In Academy 360, as my counselor and I are reviewing applications in the spring, and basically everyone gets in as long as there's space, Um, but what we do, and we really pride ourselves on this, is have having a face-to-face meeting with the parent or guardian and the student where sometimes it's 15 minutes, sometimes it's an hour. I just want the family to know that their child is safe with us, that they have a voice with us, they can communicate with us at any time. And I can tell you, we had incredible parent partnerships this year. And I'm sure Ms. Smith can attest to that too. Our parents loved that this was a game changer for their kids. Mm -hmm. And they all came to the graduation that we had at the end. Dr. Doherty gave welcoming remarks. And if anything, we can change the trajectory of how parents feel about schools whenever their kids do transition back to their large school. Hmm. We want every parent to know that even though they might have a 2,000-person school, their voice still matters. Hmm. We want the student's voice to matter, and we want the parent to know that they are valued and what they have to say matters. In my years of experience, like you said, like Dr. Doherty said, we know that students will come to school if they know they're cared. About if they know they have a space, mm-hmm. um, the times that I was teaching, I was an art teacher, so I was an elective. Mm-hmm. Sometimes kids would come just to be creative, just to be in that space, knowing that they mattered. Mm-hmm. And as I was explaining to Isabel coming in, we do have a dress code in our program. It's just a black polo, khaki pants, and you know, she said she <laughs> she personally didn't mind, but. Um, For a lot of students, they want to go to school. They want to show their character. They want to show their individual Mm -hmm. personality, which I can appreciate, definitely as an art teacher, as an (laughs) artist myself. Um, The benefit of having the uniform in our program is that it puts every single Mm -hmm. person on a level playing field. Mm -hmm. The only way kids look any different is their shoes or their accessories, which we, of course, encourage. Uh, The way that we present this to students, it, it is how you're preparing to present yourself for life. Hmm. When you go on a job interview, you have to present yourself. If you want to be respected, you have to present yourself in in a way that's appropriate. And so, um, I did deviate a little bit from your question, but in (laughs) in going back, That doesn't matter. it has been my 100% experience. The students will come to school if they know they are cared about. It's all about the relationships. And actually I had um, one of our current students from this year, I worked with her two older sisters for four years mm-hmm. at James River and because of our one-on-one support we were able to get those kids graduated. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have a lot of family support at all, so school was their family for them. That's and I'm really true. proud of that.
0: Yeah, and there's I mean, there's clearly a lot of investment in these mm-hmm. programs in the division. I'm curious, Laura, what do you see as the next steps for alternative programs in Chesterfield?
3: Well, I'm thankful for our superintendent, Dr. Doherty, <laughs> who has a wealth of experiences from another state who can bring and share that with us. I mean, we have been doing some things for a while, mm-hmm. um, although I think that y- that you'll find there are those of us who are innovative. We wanna keep changing with the needs of our students. We still want to make sure that students are given what they need at the right time, focusing on that equity lens. Um, I would like to see a K-12, that's just me, Mm -hmm. Um, because I do know that there are elementary Mm -hmm. students in need of alternatives also. I, I am thankful to be a part of it, and I'm thankful for our visionary leader, who will take us where we need to be for all of our students.
0: Yeah, and what do you anticipate the impact will be in the future for students through these changes in the programs?
3: Well, ultimately, I'd like to see a decrease in the dropout rate. Um, I know our dropout rate isn't as high as other divisions. However, I look at every individual student, okay. and I think if we can make a difference with one student, it will—the ripple effect will will continue. It's all about those relationships and I, I think holistically, where did we go wrong as a division? Was it an elementary? Was it a middle school? What happened with that student that they stopped wanting to come to school and what? how can we repair the damage at this
0: point? Sure, absolutely, yeah, because you're investing in the future of your mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. Um, this is for everybody. What do you want people to know about what you're doing in Chesterfield County Public Schools to make the school experience more equitable for your students and educators?
4: I would say that uh, we're not a traditional district and uh I think it would it would not serve us well if we were mm-hmm. we We do a lot of strong academic and curricular things for our children uh, I think where we are growing and I think we are trying to be ahead of the pack is how do we help all of our students uh There's a lot of things starting this year that will affect all of our students
0: mm-hmm.
4: to bring uh equity to bring uh Uh, a comfort level to to show that we want you to be successful and I think uh, with the alternative programs we have to continue to think outside the box and we do have a major focus on our dropout rate and the goal is is to reduce it and I can just from my experience uh, the things we're putting into place will help us do that and it's a think of a thousand piece puzzle and each piece has to fit in the right place but when you get all those pieces in there, you see this dropout rate drop drastically because mm-hmm. there's more avenues for students. Not for teachers, but for students. Mm-hmm. And if I need a small setting, if I've done something in the past that, you know, I, I want to get better at, if I've just not taken school serious and now I need to, uh, the light bulbs come on, mm-hmm. uh, we still need to get you to the end of the line, which is your diploma. And how do we get you there? And I think that we are in, in the right position to, to be not only a leader in the the state but in the country on what we're doing.
2: Yeah. I think really if a child's character is not built how can they grow? Mm-hmm. So if you're not growing you're going to shut down. So at Academy 360 we had relationships. We built relationships. The class that Isabel was in we had 17 students. That was my largest class. Those were my honor students. If a student wasn't comfortable in the class they will let me know. If you're not comfortable, you're not going to do the work. So I would rearrange the seats, even if you were sitting next to me, so everybody could perform. And I mean, that helped them to grow. I mean, if if I didn't do that, they were going to shut down or ask to, you know, be excused. So I think, you know, understanding them, building their character, showing Mm -hmm. them that you care.
3: And, and just on that, a common theme for students in an alternative program are lack of interpersonal skills. Sometimes mental health is a factor. Sometimes it's just a traumatic, not just, but a traumatic home life. Um, there isn't one story that's that's a common theme for every student. And so what Ms. Smith does such a great job at is differentiating her classroom instruction. She uses flexible grouping. Um, she provides a safe space so if students are having an issue with a student, they'll come and tell her in confidence and then Miss Smith responds accordingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, my counselor and I who are full-time at the site, we believe in safe spaces, we believe in de-escalation, we believe in restorative practices. Mm-hmm. And our discipline rate from this year would, would support all of that. Students who had come to us with significant discipline histories did not have that this year. And we <coughs> believe in being proactive so that those issues don't come up and if something were to come up of course we would follow the standards for student conduct but we believe in the restorative aspect so if there were a conflict we spend a lot of time sitting people down face to face giving them each a chance to share what their concerns are
1: and hey, michelle last word oh the last word wow <laughs> um, well again students are coming to connections academy evening program because of discipline basically Um, or charges outside of um, school. So the one thing that I do uh, during orientation, I tell them, it doesn't matter what got you here, Mm -hmm. okay? Not judging, (laughs) but just here to help you move forward. Yeah, well,
0: we could talk about this all day, I think, but uh, we're going to need to leave that there for now. But if you would like to hear more about this important initiative in Chesterfield, we hope you will join us for the 2019 Merck Conference on Friday, October 18th at the VCU Academic Learning Commons. Our theme for this year is Advancing Educational Equity, Supporting Diverse Learners in Metropolitan Richmond Schools Through Community-Engaged Research. Uh, Members of this team will join representatives from each of the seven Merck School Divisions for a panel discussion about the innovative ways that they are promoting equity for their students and educators. Those stories will also be featured in this podcast series, so stay tuned. Uh, Our thanks, as always, to the VCU School of Education for supporting the work we do at Merck. To Jesse Sinishaw for his direction, to Kyle Rudd for our theme music, to Tracy Knapp for our logo design, and to all of our partnering school divisions Chesterfield, Goochland, Hanover, Henrico, Petersburg, Powhatan, and Richmond. Our thanks today to Laura Falcon, Michelle Wilder, Sharonda Smith, Merv Darty, and Isabel Battle for sharing their story about alternative education in Chesterfield County Public Schools. And of course, thanks to you for joining our conversation today. We hope that we will continue to find dynamic ways to support all learners in Metropolitan Richmond. My name is David Knaff, and this has been another episode of Abstract, the podcast of the Metropolitan Educational Research Consortium in the School of Education at Virginia Commonwealth University, where we explore issues and ideas in public PK-12 education. Let's talk again soon.
3: Team, that's it.